you have to prepare yourself for the storm, for the chaos. You know, Jordan Peterson talks about, famously talks about being the one guy at your father's funeral, like the strongest man at your guys at your father's funeral. This is kind of like that. But these unexpected situations happen. So what can we do if you're a father? You can be the lighthouse for your family for whenever chaos happens. You can be that immovable, comforting object that lights the way for everyone. So that when these these disasters come, you are there and they can just lean on you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I'm Chris Rodek. This is a solo episode. It's been a minute. There's been craziness going on for me and my in my business. We're transferring a lot of tech stuff. We have new people joining us. We've got health experts joining our team and all kind of crazy stuff. So it's been a transition and it's been chaotic and it's been nuts and there's been issues and there's been delays and there's been things that have happened that I haven't expected to happen that slowed everything down and took me off my normal routines. I was in a great routine of getting these solo podcasts pumped out, but then that was um, interrupted. But today, I want to talk about one of the cornerstones of Rising Father, and that is what does it mean to be a lighthouse for your family? What does that mean? Because I, I reference that all the time. We talk about this in my group constantly. We all use this phrase. This is what pushes us through the day. It pushes us in the hard times. Whenever we're going through chaos and resistance, we say we want to be that lighthouse. I put it on my posts. We're putting it on t-shirts. It's We want to... We want to be the lighthouse for our family. That's what Rising Father is all about. And what does that mean? So first, let's describe a lighthouse. Like, what does a lighthouse look like? What does it do? Well, I just think of your classic pictures of a dark, stormy sky. And off in the distance, you can see this bright, warm light coming out of the, coming out of the sky. And waves are crashing over it. And this large, immovable stone structure is there standing, lighting the way for everyone. That is you. That is what a father should be. That is what I want to be for my family. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, we will fail. Yes, you might not be that right now. I am not that right now. I is what I want to be. That is what I'm striving to be. So I'm building myself to be that. But that is the idea of a lighthouse in my head. It's immovable. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It doesn't matter how hard the waves are crashing. It doesn't matter what is happening. That lighthouse is standing there. Um, so that is the image of the lighthouse in my head. Is It's lighting the way. It's warm. And it's always going to be there no matter what. Now let's go into a story. So one of my good friends, um, his kid is going through a really rough time, has some kind of horrible health problems that were completely unexpected, just came out of nowhere. And it's critical, like critical health problems that are really, really bad, extremely scary, and will probably change this kid's life forever. So the dad is going through a really rough time. Everyone in the family is going through a really rough time. We're supporting them as best we can, and everyone's kind of rallying around them. But this is an extremely dark, stormy time for this family. 
came out of nowhere. It's a, a past month boom. All of a sudden, hit this hit this guy's family. And guess what they need right now? They need a lighthouse. They need someone lighting the way. They need someone warm who's immovable who they can lean on. And the father's doing that. This guy, my friend, he's he's being that for his family right now. And we net like he did not know a month ago that this was going to happen. Uh, one month ago, he was just like you or me. Just I, I've got a kid who's about to turn ten, a kid who's eight years old, and and I'm married. As of right now, as far as I know, no one has any serious health issues, which I'm extremely, extremely grateful because I know so many people. I would say a majority of the people I know, their kids have some type of health problem. Our kids don't. So I'm extremely grateful for that. And I am lucky because of that. But one month ago, he was in that same situation where nothing was wrong. And then one month later, his child is barely holding on and is in serious critical condition. And his life will be altered forever. His life, his parents' life, his whole family's life will be altered forever one month. So that's like today, one month from today for us. If all of a sudden your life was completely different, that's what's happening to this guy. So it's horrible. But these kind of things happen. There's no getting around it. When I was in college, my sister um, was diagnosed with brain cancer randomly when I was in college. She then passed away from brain cancer months later. Horrible time for us. Very difficult time. Completely unexpected. I come from a large family. Um, I have eight brothers and sisters. And, you know, she was she was the only blonde one. She was, you know, like an angel. And it came out of nowhere. No, no one knew that was going to happen. She had headaches one day and then went to the doctors and it kept on progressing. It progressed so quickly. And then just months later, I remember I was up at college and then getting a call that like, yeah, it's going to happen tonight. That happened out of nowhere. Why am I telling you this? Because these horrible things happen. We don't know when they're going to happen, who they're going to happen to, but they will happen. And it's not fun to, to, to live in that space of thinking that, but you have to prepare yourself. You have to prepare yourself for the storm, for the chaos. You know, Jordan Peterson talks about, famously talks about being the one guy at your father's funeral, like the strongest man at your guys at your father's funeral. This is kind of like that. But these unexpected situations happen. So what can we do? If you're a father, you can be the lighthouse for your family for whenever chaos happens. You can be that immovable, comforting object that lights the way for everyone so that when these these disasters come, you are there and they can just lean on you. You're the safe space. You're the, you're the spot everyone can come to for warmth and you're always lighting the way. And the situation's not over for this kid. It's not over, but their family's going through turmoil in a storm right now. And that dad is being the lighthouse for them. And we're all doing what we can to support them. So dark times will come. And whenever they do come, we have to be strong, right? Like we have to be 
we have to have strength. We have to have measurable strength and stamina and endurance and energy for our family and for the people that need us. If you have a business, you still have to run your business. I mean, you still need income. You know, I was talking to a guy yesterday. Um, he wanted to join us and he's a business owner and he was talking about like days off and stuff. And I said, Oh, you take any time off? He said, no, I can't take any time off. Like I need, I run a business. I need to provide for my family. I need, I need income coming in. It's not like getting six weeks off from a, from a salary job. You need, if you're not making sales, you have no money coming in. So his employees need him to be strong. They need him to lead. Like he could be going through a dark time, but he still has to show up. And if he's not prepared for that, if he hasn't prepared himself for that dark time, then his business is not is going to suffer. His family's going to suffer. If you're a father and you haven't prepared for the chaos, your family will suffer when that time comes. It's not if it comes, it's when it comes and how it how is it going to show up. And like I said, it's not fun to dwell on that, but it's just a reality. And if we want to do the hard thing, if we want to do the thing that matters the most for our family, what can we do? Yes, we can provide for them. That's part of this. We want to be providers. But also, what do they need the most? There's a, there's a guy in my program, his grandma just died, and she raised him most of his life, and she was extremely close to their entire family. And my grandma's, um, when they passed away, I was still really young, so I wasn't as close to them as this guy is. He's almost my age and going through that right now. And his whole family is kind of in shambles because she was such a rock of the of the family. So he's telling us how he's planning his food, still going to the gym. He's still being the emotional rock for them. So like, what do they need right now? They need someone to lean on, someone whenever you're at the funeral home. You could come over and just have a warm talk with them. Like I, That's such a... A weird space to be is the is the funeral home, and I just I remember as a young my first time as a young kid going to one when it was like a, an old uncle or a grandparent died going to the funeral homes for the first time it's just so weird, and then going to it more and more as you get older, and then you see the way people are acting there, and for me it's who do I want to be when I'm in that situation? Well, I want to be the guy that's that mourned appropriately, but also a strong guy that people can come lean on and be confident, authentic, and warm and loving. Some, someone that can, that can provide warmth to people, especially for my family. And in these dark times, this is when it matters most to be strong. This is the, the measurable aspect of strength that we want to increase. Like you go to the gym, you can, you, you're measuring your squats from 225 to 275 to 350, whatever it is for you, you're measuring your weight as it's going up. This is different than that. It's more important. That is a measurable number you can stick on a plate, on a rack. We're talking about your emotional, mental, your soul strength that your family needs whenever everything comes crumbling down. How strong are you when everything falls apart? If you're that lighthouse, how strong is that lighthouse? 
Like what, how bad of a storm can that lighthouse withstand? That's what we're talking about. Is it poorly made? Will it just crumble with a little bit of waves? Or can there be a hurricane that just keeps on standing? Like you see these videos, I think it's in Portugal, of these massive, massive waves that are like over 50 feet tall and they're just crashing on these lighthouses and nothing's happening to them. It just splits the water. It's like the, it's like the water isn't even there. They're so well made. I have no idea how these things are made, but that's what I want to be. That's the goal. That's what we're talking about is how bad of a storm can you withstand? That is the strength of, of which you are made. Not the weight you can push up, but how many failures can you rebound from? How much depression can you push through? How much resistance and obstacles in your business do you keep your vision? How much resistance and obstacles in your business do you keep pushing through? And you keep your vision steadfast. You keep your employees motivated and inspired. How many obstacles or tragedies can happen to you and your family, but you can still light the way and be inspirational? When you wake up in the morning and you're stressed out, anxious, depressed, you have doubt and you have fear, do you still get up and go do your workout? That is the strength. Not when you get to the workout, how much weight you're lifting up. It's your ability to push through the doubt and the fear and the resistance. That is where it counts to be strong. It matters so much more. If you're on vacation at the beach and it's sunny out and you know, it's all paid for. You're, you're not really worried about anything and you're there for, for a whole week. You know, that's, it's good. You need to be strong then, but it matters more for your family whenever everything's falling apart and then the, and the disaster comes. Hopefully those disasters don't come or they come very sparingly. But whenever these hard times come for your family, they need a strong father. And then... Whenever you're enjoying yourself at the beach or on vacation, you're having a great time, then you're full of energy, you're running around, you're passionate, you're energetic, and you're, you're happy and joyful for them. And then when chaos comes, you're that rock for them. You're strong, you're immovable, you're that lighthouse for them. That's when it matters more. It matters more whenever everything is falling apart. That's when strength counts the most. So... How do you do that? How do you become strong? How do you become the lighthouse? You have to build yourself personally. And guys, I'm not the expert. I'm talking about thoughts that I have, observations that I've had from working with other guys. I've had coaches. I've been in programs. I've made a really significant transformation myself in my own life, and I'm helping other guys do it. And I've been a part of groups. I have hundreds of people who do it. So these are my thoughts. Um, so how do you do it? I've watched guys go from depressed, barely being able to speak, unconfident, overweight, alcoholics to successful business owners, ripped, strong, confident, and great speakers and amazing husbands. I've literally watched that happen to guys within less than a year. So this is my observation of how to do that. These thoughts aren't coming from a 50-year-old textbook or something like that. These are observations of real-life transformations, including my own, including my own. So I remember being depressed. I remember being stressed out and anxious about dumb stuff. I remember being mad at my wife for things I shouldn't have been because I was really upset at myself. I remember being 60, 70 pounds heavier than I am right now. 
unenergetic. Like there was a time in my, it wasn't my whole life, but there was a time in my life where that happened. There was a couple of years where I just couldn't get out of that funk. Been on the roller coaster, as many of you know. Um, but now my life is just completely different. And it's a battle every single day to maintain that and to grow and to become more. So how do you become the lighthouse? Because that's what I'm striving to be. It comes from doing daily tasks, daily routines. It comes from pushing yourself every single day. It comes from the battle every single day of clawing more and more and more at the wall of the person you are so you can break free and become the person you want to be. That's how you can become that lighthouse. So here are some things that I coach the guys in my program to do and that I was coached to do and I've observed working. Build yourself physically. It's obvious. You already know that, right? Everyone knows it. But then sometimes you, you just can't do it. Sometimes you just can't get yourself to do it. Build yourself physically. Stop saying yes to everything that tempts you food and drink wise. Yeah, I know it's hard. I succumbed to that for a, for a long time. The more you say yes to the food and drink that tempts you and feels so good, it produces this chemical emotional link between I need something right now to take away my pain and this thing's going to do it. And the more you reinforce that pattern, you're deepening a groove in your brain to rely on that thing to take away the pain and to come for you. For some guys, it's whiskey, it could be cigarettes, it could be vape pens, it could be porn, it could be cheeseburgers, fast food. I remember a specific time I had a stressful day at work on my lunch break. I drove, you know, I, I was I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Subway and get something healthy, you know, like that's like that's healthy. But went straight to McDonald's, probably ordered like 2000 calories of food, shoved it all in my face. And then like went to Wendy's and got a frosty. Just disgusting. Disgusting. I'm sure none of you have ever done that. But it's just me. Just just gross behavior. But it wasn't a health related thing that I did. It wasn't a medical need. It was just it was an emotional thing. It's like I had a rough day. I was stressed out. So I needed that pacifier. I needed something to put in my mouth to to make the pain go away. And the more you do that kind of thing the more that groove is cemented. So you, you know, if you smoke weed every time you get stressed out, like now it's not a, a choice to smoke weed. Now it's, I'm stressed out. I need it because I'm just used to doing it. Or it's, I need, I grab a candy bar every time I'm stressed out. I have a, I'm having a rough time at work. So I just grab some M&Ms. And then you, 10 years goes by and you have a 10 year deep groove in your brain of every time you get stressed out and needing this thing that makes you comfortable. So over and over again, saying yes to these vices that take the stress away, but feel good temporarily, make us seek comfort over and over again. And it weakens us. One of the things I did this past month was do a seven day fast. It was extremely, it was big for me. It's a big deal for me. I've never, I've never even attempted it. Um, Longest I've gone before that was three days. And I was trying to break barriers in my brain while I did that. Like, I don't need food. I don't need these things that take away my stress. Because I had the same old stressful situations that week. I had family stress. I had business stress. And normally I would go up and get a, you know, it'd be time for a protein shake. It'd be time for lunch. And I eat good food. 
it's healthy, but it's also tastes good. Like I make good food. I, I looked forward to eating. And during that whole week, anytime there's a stressful situation, it's just like, no, you can have a little bit of salt or you can have some water or some black tea, black coffee. So I was trying to break this need in my brain to seek comfort every time stress arrived. But if you don't think about doing that and your whole life is just enforcing these patterns, if your whole life is growing these patterns of like the mouse in the trap, just going to that little drip of sugar water or whatever they have and knowing that if it goes there, it's going to have that little dopamine burst, then a lot of your decisions are going to be geared towards pleasure. This is why so many people, the David Goggins, the Joe Rogans, the Jocko Willinks, all these men out there who are trying to help and improve men, trying to make guys stronger, talk about intentional suffering, like putting yourself in a situation where you are suffering physically so that you can break these barriers. That's why so many people do cold plunges because it's horrible because it hurts at first and it's painful and you don't want to do it. It's instead of developing and growing a pattern of seeking comfort and doing the easy thing, it's developing and growing a pattern of doing the hard thing. That's why it's important. It's imp so, so what do you do? You can intentionally make yourself do hard things. Here's some of the things we do. We wake up early. Most of the guys in my group get up at anywhere between 3 and 5 a.m. And that's hard to do. I remember the first time I woke up at 3.45, it was very difficult for me to do. I was having like panic attacks. Like my body was freaking out. I went from waking up at 6.30 to waking up at 3.45. Straight tough for me. So that alone, if you wake up at one hour earlier, if you normally wake up at 7, if you wake up at 6, it's a huge win. Second thing, start working out. Start going to the gym. Just start going to the gym five days a week. You know, if you're going to the gym zero days a week, start going to the gym three days a week. Just go to the gym more than you are right now or just start working out, start exercising. And it's one thing to exercise when you feel good and it's sunny outside. It's a more important thing and you develop more strength whenever you go to the gym and exercise when you don't feel like it. When it's cold outside, when it's dark outside, when there's no one there watching you, when it's just you, no one knows about it, and you're thinking, why the hell am I doing this? That is when it's more important and more valuable to go to the gym. Because if you can force yourself to do that, then, of course, you're going to do it when it's nice outside and you want to. You've mastered it. So go to the gym. Wake up early. Another thing you could do, intentional, physical, difficult, I'm saying that weird, more intentionally difficult physical situations such as sauna, ice baths. I used to do cryotherapy and then they changed their hours. Now I can't go anymore, but I have an ice bath and it's freezing. I'll be honest. I don't go in it every day, um, but I, I'm trying to do the sauna every day. And I said trying because I also don't do the sauna every day. It's one of those routine things that I want to be every and every day thing, but sometimes I run out of time. So sauna, ice baths, going for a long run, even like a wall squat. I'll tell you what, you don't have a sauna, you don't have an ice bath, you don't have any of these things, who cares? Go do a wall squat for 90 seconds and you will, it, you will be in pain, you'll be suffering, 
But afterwards, you're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to have respect for yourself and you'll feel proud. Doing hard physical things is a way to build yourself because you are choosing hard. You are choosing difficulty. And then here's the next step. You're going through the hard thing. You're in the ice bath. You're in the sauna. You're at the gym. You're up early working on the house when you're normally sleeping. So you're physically uncomfortable. Here's the next level. How do you respond? What are you like? What is your energy like? Are you happy? Are you focused? Or are you bitching and moaning the whole time? Do you give up and go back to bed? Or do you keep moving? Like, how do you exist in the chaos? What is this lighthouse doing right now? That's step two. It is, okay, I'm doing the thing that I didn't want to do before. Now, how am I going to show up? What's my energy going to be like? This is one of the most important things. During the fast, I had situations where my family was eating and I could have just watched them eat or go into another room. I said, no, the fast is, is win one. Win two is me showing up at dinner time while I'm fasted. How am I living during this suffered state? So that's step two. So doing hard physical things. Okay. I'm not going to go into the weeds with that. You know what that means. Next is surround yourself with people who build you up. This is extremely important. At my last job, there was many, many people who were very negative, didn't like what they were doing. Um, the day I quit, I can't, I think every single person I talked to said to me, I wish I could do what you're doing. Like, congratulate. Like, I, th I thought there was gonna be a lot of people jaded and like jealous, but everyone's like, Oh my God, I wish I could do that. Like good for you. I was, I was blown away. But so many of them during the year were not, are not happy with what they're doing. So they, you know, they bitch about their job. They bitch about their coworkers. There's a lot of gossip. If that was what the only thing I had filling my head, I would never be where I am right now. Not a chance. Like if, if I didn't intentionally seek out words and people that built me up, I would not be doing what I'm doing right now not a chance in hell. I have to fill my head with positive thoughts that build me. I have to fill my head with visionary thoughts that I can embody. I need to fill my head with things that I want to work towards, goals that I want to achieve. I have to put those thoughts and ambitions into my head. And sometimes those things don't come from me. Sometimes those things come from books, from podcasts, most of the time, it, they come from real people that I know that I've met in men's programs and groups and coaches that I've hired, like people that I look up to that I want to be like. I say, I want to be around you because I want to, these parts of your life, I want to become them. Like I want to, I want to learn to speak like you. I want to learn from, I'm going to be as successful in business as you. I want to be as fit as you. So you know something I don't. So I'm going to pay you to be around you. And that's why you join these programs and groups so you can surround yourself with those people and, and take part of them and make it become you. And then you adapt and you make it your own. And then you can give that to other people. I would never be where I am right now if I didn't do that over the past years. Is Like if all I had was my like teaching group of friends and coworkers and people that I was like, there's not a chance, man. It's not a chance. I had to go out and seek wisdom from people, from books, podcasts, mentors, coaches, groups of men. 
whenever you go into high level business communities, you will find that this is common. There are men's clubs, men's groups, men's masterminds, business masterminds, groups of guys that get together that help each other rise. They level each other up. I didn't know this world existed until six, seven years ago. This was not a thing to me. I was 29 years old. I, had, I, I never heard the word mastermind in my life. I thought I was going to be a teacher my whole life. You know, I saw my salary step count all the way to the day I retired and got my pension. And I didn't know this was a thing. But as soon as I discovered it was a thing and I joined my first one, I became addicted. I said, wow, I can talk to this guy. I can have one conversation with this guy who's spent years learning how to level up. And he can have one sentence that he says to me that changes my life. Just one sentence. Like he can say one thing to me that shaves, that shaves years of work off of my life because he's done years of work. He spent thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars researching and failing and learning. But because I joined this group, I can skip those years of work and experimenting and just learn from this one guy who's done it before. That's why you do these things. There's a guy in my group who is also a teacher who's leveling up. And I've mentioned him a few times on, on this podcast, but this is, it uh, has to do with what I'm talking about right now. So I'll mention him again. Sorry, buddy. Um, but, you know, if he's stuck only his little teacher world, he wouldn't know how to do many of the things he's doing right now. But he, he had an idea. He's running it past a lot of guys. And we're giving him ideas. We're fueling him. We're supporting him. He's networking. He's connecting with people who can help him out. And all of a sudden, he's years ahead of where he would have been if he just kind of YouTubed it, Googled it, and tried to figure it out on his own. It's why you network. That's why you build yourself. So you can infuse yourself with other people's knowledge. So this is how you add plates to your armor for when the storm comes. It is building yourself into a better provider, into someone who's more stalwart, that's the word, into someone who has more energy, someone who's stronger, someone who can't be phased when the chaos comes, someone who's immovable, someone who's a lighthouse. Surrounding yourself with people who build you up is what you need. It's like that lighthouse, having people constantly come and maintaining it, working on it, versus a structure that's been abandoned like an old hotel in a crappy part of town that no one's touched for 50 years. That versus you go to a nice, well-kept old stone structure that's 200 years old that you can tell people are like replacing the, the joints and the, and the masonry is being constantly worked on and it's being cleaned every day. That's the difference between having someone tear you down all the time, being surrounded by people who are toxic, negative, talk crap about you, then you end up talking crap about them. And like, before you know it, you're down conspiracy theories and you're just, you're in the Facebook, the pit of Facebook world. And all you're talking about is the death and, of, and destruction of the world. Like I know guys like that who are stuck in that world. You go to talk to them about how nice of a day it is outside. And like, yeah, but did you hear what's happening in blah, blah, blah country? Yeah, it's going to come here soon. We're all going to die. That's why I'm buying, I'm, I'm digging this hole in the ground to build my shit. It's like, Jesus, man, calm down. How can you afford to think about that? Who are you listening to? What are you filling your head with? Surround yourself with voices that build you up. Because what if 
to the guy was just this fake person I was just creating. What if a serious family tragedy happened to him? And it's, and instead of filling his head with strength and good thoughts and being positive, he was just doing that. Like, how would he show up to his family? Not well at all. They would need this strong, wise person. And the last, the only thing he's been thinking about for the past months have been, you know, Facebook. Fill your head with voices that build you up. This is what it means to be the lighthouse. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about being immovable, lighting the way providing warmth, providing love, being the one that your family, your community, your employees can lean on when the storm hits. You are immovable. It doesn't matter what is happening around you. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. You are so ingrained with your non-negotiables, your principles, with who you are as a person, your identity, your confidence, your authenticity, that it doesn't matter what's happening. You are showing up and lighting the way.